You've just entered The Royal Access, the show for growth-minded game changers seeking God's direction in their relationships and careers. I'm your host, Corel Pinder, and I'm super excited about growing along with you. Now let's dive in to this episode. just tuned in to the second episode of the Royal Access. I'm super excited to have you here. We're in the middle of the series, Single, Mid-30s, and Content. And what we are focusing on today is struggling with contentment. Give me an amen if you've struggled with contentment, because that's what we're dealing with today. In the first episode, I told you, told you a lot about my journey and how we got to where we are today. And so today I want to talk about struggling with contentment. And when I think about this, I think about a line from my favorite movie, Love and Basketball. Not sure if you've ever watched it, but it's my favorite movie next to Greece. And in Love and Basketball, Sana Lathan, she says to Omar Epps, who's Q, she said, Monica says to Q, you know, he, he was talking to her, she was working at the bank. And she, he was asking her, why did you like trade in your basketball shoes for shoes you can't walk in because you're struggling in these, you know, heels after working at the bank. And so he asked her, like, I, I, I don't understand, like, why you're doing this. And so she said to him, like, you have this vision of how you think your life is going to turn out. And it never occurs to you that it's not going to turn out that way. And that line, I mean, I love the whole movie, but that line was like really powerful to me because you heard my journey in episode one. And I've felt like that for so many times, like you have this vision in your head of how your life is going to turn out. And it never occurs to you that it may not turn out that way. And that was extremely powerful for me because it related to what I've been going through through the last few years, thinking that, you know, I would be married in my early 20s, thinking that, you know, my life would just look different. Like I wouldn't be single mid thirties um, and now on a journey to contentment. But for a long time, I was struggling with discontentment. And so what it reminded me of was the story of the prodigal son. And a lot of times when we hear people preach on the sermon of prodigal son or tell about the prodigal son, they're normally focusing on the son that came back, the son that returned. And for me, when thinking about the story of the prodigal son, many times within the last seven years, I related more to the other brother. The other brother who was staying home and doing what his father said. And so that's how I felt. Ever since I took the year off of dating, I felt like, like I said, I was doing a very transactional relationship with God of, I'm doing all the things, I'm going to church, I'm serving in a ministry, I've been celibate, and doing all the things that I think that I'm supposed to do. And so therefore wondering, God, where is my cookie? Where is my gift? Where's the thing that you're going to give me for serving you so much? And so I felt a lot like the prodigal son the son that stayed because for those who don't know the story it was two sons they had a rich father and one of the sons who was the youngest son decided I want to take all my earnings give me my entire inheritance and I want to go live independently and do what I want to do and live free so he did that and he wasted all of his money on partying and prostitutes and everything that he could do to his heart's desire until he is really broke and then he goes to work for a farmer because he can't afford anything and he's eating like pig slop and realizing like I am living so horrible like my father's servants live better than me he came to a point where he said, you know what, I'm not going to live like this anymore because as I said, my father's servants are living better than me. And so therefore I am going to go back 
and just asked my father to be a servant. And so on his way back, they said his father sees him from afar and says, go and get his best coat, go and get his ring. He's all excited and he's giving the son who came back all of these things. He threw a big party for him. Everybody's excited. Everybody's partying. The brother who I related to for a long time, the other brother who stayed and did everything is like very angry. And he asks um, one of the servants, somebody who was there, like, what's going on? Why, why is there a party going on? What's happening? And he said, you know, your brother came back and they threw a great party for him. And he was like, what? What did do? My brother came back and what? And he's upset. And so what happens is his father comes out from the party to him because he doesn't even go inside. He, he doesn't talk to his father. He doesn't go inside. He doesn't talk to the brother. He's just outside angry that everybody is celebrating this person who just did so much wrong. And now we must just all forget all the things that he did wrong. And so his father comes outside and he says, you know, why don't you come in? Why don't you celebrate with us? And he's like, do you not remember what he did? He wasted his money. He left. He rejected you, spent the money on prostitutes. And now you're going to throw a party for him. I've never had a party, but I've never left. I've been with you all the time. Like, what are you doing? And then he says, you know, this is the time to celebrate. Your brother was lost. He's now found. Your brother is back. I, all of the things that I have, they also belong to you. Like they were always here for you. And so that's how the story ends. And like I said, for a long time, especially in the the season of the last seven years of, of being faithful to God, I felt like the brother, the prodigal son, not the prodigal son, but the son that stayed, I felt like that. And how many of us who are listening to this podcast, you feel like that? You feel like she ain't been serving Jesus, but she got a husband, Lord. <laughs> she ain't been waiting or she's a little child who doesn't even want a child. And I have been here with my husband for seven years praying for a child and I don't have a child or how'd she get the job or how he get the job over me. I have been faithful. I've been on time. This person is a slacker. This person is not really doing what they're supposed to do. Like, how did they get the job? How did they get the platform? How did they get to travel? How did they get the opportunity to stay? How did they get this opportunity that I didn't get when I feel that I have been doing so much? And that's what we do. That's what we say. And that's why a lot of us are struggling with contentment. So if you're someone who takes notes, get your notepad out, get your pens out, because the first note that I want to give to you that God revealed to me is if you are sitting in a place where you're struggling with contentment and you, like me, identify very closely with the person who was faithful, who was doing what they had to do, and they didn't get the, the reward or didn't get the things that other people got, the first thing that God wants to say is you missed the point. You miss the point of the relationship with me. Our relationship with God, as I said before, is not transactional. You don't, you're not obedient because of what you can get from God. You're just simply obedient because you love him. And that's how you express your love to him. It's not to get anything in return. And so if it's about getting something in return, it means that you missed the point. One of the things that after studying the scripture a lot more, what Jesus was doing was he was telling the story to the Pharisees who was upset at Jesus for sitting with sinners. So when you think about it, Jesus was actually trying to convey a point. This wasn't just a random story in the Bible. This was a parable that was used to teach them something. So what he was saying was these people that you're saying are sinners that I'm having dinner with, they're like the prodigal son who went out there and is now coming back to be with me. And you are like the brother that stayed. And so what the brother, what he's trying to say is the brother that stayed is missing the point. The point that we are on earth, if we're a Christian, if we serve God, if we say we love Jesus, then the only purpose I have on this earth is to bring others to Christ. That's the only purpose I have on, on earth. 
to bring others to Christ. So if my purpose on earth is to bring others to Christ and someone came back into the house, that's a good thing. If you're Jesus and you are someone who can tell others about, about Christ and about what God does and they're coming back to be with you, this is a good thing. So why aren't we excited that it's happening? We've missed the point. And that's what happens with us. We miss the point of what God was trying to do. Our focus is at a different place. And so one of the times that God showed me this, I used to do pageants back in the day, way, way, way back in the day. <laughs> and when I was doing a pageant called Miss Grand Bahama, so we had to win in our island and then you would go to the capital and then you would win for the entire country. So I won for like my city, uh, some people would say my state or my province, but we, I went for my island and I, that was a big journey. Like when I first entered, no one thought I would win. It was just for the experience. I really wanted to win. But at the end of the day, when I did win, we knew it was all God because I had no pageant experience. I'd never been in a pageant. I never walked in heels. I didn't do, know anything about the pageant journey. And so when I won, we knew it was just like, it was all God that did it. And so I was so excited. And that meant I was going to compete in Miss Bahamas to represent the Bahamas on the world stage at Miss World. And so I'm super excited, super thrilled. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to win this again. I know it. I know God is going to come through. But after you've won once, you kind of lose some of that humility of, I don't know what's going to happen and it's all in God's hands. You start believing that some of it is you. And so when I went forward, I was in the top 10 and I got the Beauty with a Purpose Award. That is the award for the person that has been active in their community, the person that gives back, the per person that uses their platform for good. And so when I got the award, I was super excited, like, yes, this is what I'm going to do. This is going to be great. And after that, I didn't make the top five. And I was crushed. When I say I was crushed, I was crushed. I was very, very upset. And then the girl that ended up winning, it was somebody who had competed with me before. And I, I already didn't think it was fair that she was allowed to enter. It was a lot of drama. And so at the end of the day, I walked away, top 10, didn't win Miss Bahamas. And I was very heartbroken. And in February of that year, when I won Miss Grand Bahama, I was one of the happiest that I had ever been in my life. I was extremely grateful. I was extremely happy. And just several months later, still holding the title of Miss Grand Bahama, I sunk so low. I was depressed. I didn't want to go out. I was embarrassed. I didn't want anybody to talk to me. And for a long time, I did nothing with the Miss Grand Bahama title. This title that I had worked almost a year for, this title that I was super excited for, that I had already been doing work in my community with, it was almost like as if I was tossing it to the side. And so several months later, God had to remind me, you still have the title of Miss Grand Bahama. And you went after this title, not for the fame, not for the prestige, but for the work that you can do. And there's still work that you can do with this title. So why are you so upset? Why are you so frustrated by the fact that you didn't win when you still have a title? You're still a queen. And when God revealed that to me, I realized that you're missing the point. You think that having a crown, if you think having a crown is about getting praise and people showering you with gifts and showering you with accolades, then you've missed the point. And so what God was trying to say to me and what he's trying to say to you, if you think that having a relationship with God is about all that you can get and you getting the party and you getting the fattened calf and you getting all of the blessings, getting the husband, getting the children, getting the platform. If you think that's what having a relationship with God is about, you've missed the point. 
you miss the point. Because if you can't praise God, even when things don't go as planned, even when things don't go the way you thought they would go, then there's something wrong with that picture. Because the whole reason we're on earth is to bring glory to God. The whole reason we're on earth is to bring others to him. And so if you can't celebrate with other people when you don't get the thing that you were waiting on, then it shows that you're missing the point of having a relationship with God. The second thing is that you're focusing more on works than grace. You're focusing more on works than grace. And I had a lot of that during that time because like I said, I took the year off and I stayed committed. I was celibate. I was active in my church. And so all of those are works. And that's the same thing the prodigal son was saying. He was actually working in the field when they were having the party. So he's always working, thinking that if I work in the field, if I do this, if I don't leave, all of that, I am going to get everything that I'm supposed to get. And I am going to be recognized as somebody who did the right thing and I'm going to be praised for it. And when that didn't happen, he realized he was missing the point, but he realized that he was focusing on works instead of grace. Nothing that we do, I want to repeat this for you over and over, nothing that we do is because of who we are or what we did. It's because of God's grace on our life. There's nothing that we have done that is attributed to who we are. We didn't do any of it. And even just waking up in the morning, God gave us the breath to wake up in the morning. But so many times we get so far removed from God, we start believing that it's me. It's me that was able to do this. It's me that was able to accomplish this. And God's like, it's not you, boo-boo. It's not you. It's me. I've helped you do that. I helped you accomplish that. It's not you. But we get so caught up on works. And that's what I did. I remember during the year challenge, there was a lot of people deciding to go on the year challenge because it was the year that Andy Stanley came out with the series, The New Rules of Love, Sex, and Dating. They were playing it at different churches. We had done an entire conference for it in 2013. And so there was a lot of people who knew about the movement, who heard about it. After I wrote the book, there was a lot of people like, okay, maybe I should try it. And I remember not just one, there were several young ladies that I know that started the year challenge and midway through the year challenge decided, you know, I don't think God called me on the year challenge. I think that there was something that I decided to do. And so I'm not sure exactly what happened, if it was God, if it was them following fashion, but they all met somebody during the year challenge and felt in their heart that maybe I shouldn't have taken the year off and maybe I should have given this person a chance. They're all married today. They're all married today. So, you know, I was pissed with the heavenly father. I was like, Jesus, me and you are going to have to have a little heart to heart because personally, I had somebody that was interested while I was on the year challenge, but, but I knew you told me to go on it. So what it do? Like, why am I the only one like legit, like real talk? Like, this is what I was saying to Jesus. Like these people came off of this commitment, but at the end, at the end of the day, I don't know their hearts. I don't know why they started in the first place, if it genuinely was a place of just trying to do something that everybody was doing, if it wasn't actually God who told them to go on it, and so it was God telling them to come off and go in this relationship, you're not in the hearts of other people. And so when we're so focused on works, like how did they get a husband? Because I've been doing the work. I stayed on the year challenge. I waited until after this, and this still didn't happen for me. You're focusing too much on the works and not God's grace. God is saying, you weren't grace to be in a relationship at that time. And you got to trust my timing. You weren't grace for that. You are grace to be single during this season. You are grace for it. 
You are graced to be single during this season. And if you understand that, you trust me, you trust my timing, you will see the unfolding of the great picture I have for your life. And I have a great picture for their life. So stop watching the other people. If you're writing notes, write that down. Stop watching the other people because you are focusing on works when you focus on other people. You are not focusing on God's grace. You're not focusing on God's grace because if the brother was focusing on God's grace, he would have known that that is graceful to, for someone to mess up, to go through all of that and you still be there for them. Actually, it's a reminder. I'm getting excited because I know that even when I don't do right or even every time that I do mess up, then I know he's going to take me back. But that pride seeps in our heart when we make it about work. So we're not even thinking that God accepts me when I do wrong. We're just thinking I never do wrong. But we have to remember that we do do wrong. There were times where I talk about somebody who had a child out of wedlock. Like, oh my God, I don't know how she did that. Like, how's she going to have a child out of wedlock? Like, boo-boo, sweetie, you are not a virgin. So therefore, you know, it was God's grace why you don't have a child. So you cannot say, oh my gosh, what happened to her? Because you would have been in the same situation too had it not been for the grace of God. You're not a virgin. And so God has to school us sometime. Like, you're being very prideful. You think your, your works got you here when it's my grace that got you here. It's my grace that saved you from getting an STD. It's my grace that saved you from getting pregnant. It's my grace from saved you from marrying someone that doesn't love you, that would have cheated on you, that wouldn't have been there for you. And to everybody else, it may have looked like, ooh, I'm so lucky. I'm so blessed. I have somebody. When God is saying, if you wait on me and wait on my timing, know that I am gracing you for this journey. I'm gracing you for this season. Stop focusing on your works because you have done none of it. God likes to remind us that you have done none of the things that got you here. And I don't know why we try to play ourselves. Like, I don't know why you're trying to play yourself, girl. Don't play yourself. You did not get yourself here. God, God, straight up. I don't know how God talks to you, but he definitely talks to me like that. Like straight up, sweet girl. Like, I don't know what you think got you here. I don't know what you think is helping you to, to move forward and whatever you're doing, but it's me. It's my grace. It's my goodness. And I am so good. And that brings me to my third point. You're talking to everybody else except God. You talking to everybody else except God. God said, you talking a lot. You doing a lot of talking, but you're not talking to me. You're not talking to me. What the brother did is when he came home, he talked to one of the servants. He talked to one of the servants and said, what's going on? And he was like, there's a party going on in there for your brother who was out. And you, you, he didn't get any other understanding. He didn't talk to his father. What I'm telling you is you, you're struggling with a season of discontentment. Talk to your father in heaven. He can take it. He can take it. If you need to vent, Lord, I don't have a child. I've been waiting on a child forever. Let me know what's going on. Let me know how this weight is going. Talk to your father. Do not talk to the people on the street. Do not talk to anybody else. If you're like, Lord, I've been waiting for this opportunity to open my business forever and it doesn't look like it's happening. Lord, we have been struggling with debt forever. We've been struggling with our finances. We've been struggling as a family. We've wanted to move into a new house and it's not happening. There's no doors happening. I wanted to be on a certain platform. I wanted to travel. I wanted to do this certain career. I wanted to go back to school and the doors are not opening. Don't talk to everybody else. Talk to God. Because you know what happens when we talk to everybody else? They discourage us. They put their negative emotions or the things that they think on us and they're not always messages from God or the Holy Spirit. So we cannot operate in the realm that the Holy Spirit is moving us into because we're not talking to the Father. 
The song says, run to the father. So when you're feeling, because we're human, we're going to have days where we're overwhelmed. We're going to have days where we're, where we're not motivated to do what God is saying to do. And I'm telling you to run to the father. There have been so many people over the last seven years that would message and be like, oh my God, you're still not in a relationship. Oh my God, what's happening with that? Oh my God, I thought you were going to stay in LA. Oh my gosh, I thought this was going to happen. And just seeming like, where's the hand of God on your life? Like you seem extra faithful. And Jesus just not there for you. Like, okay, Corel, I understand you're waiting on a Christian guy. You're waiting on somebody who loves Jesus. Okay, good, good, good for you. Good for you. I hope it happens for you, sweetie, because right now you just look, it just looks sad. And you, I, I feel like you're being too picky. And I think you need to settle. And sometimes people get that. They say that to you. I think you just need to adopt. God told me that I was going to birth a child. And so if God, and I've been that person, I've been that person. Well, maybe you think you should adopt. If that's not what God told you, hold on to the promise that God told you. Well, maybe you should just stay on a nine to five. You know, being an entrepreneur is just not easy. So sometimes it's well-meaning people. But if that well-meaning person or that person close to you isn't speaking from the word of God, then you don't need to listen to them. And I'm not saying that the only time you talk is you talk to God and nobody else, but I'm saying the main source, your first source, it's God. And God will surround you with people who will confirm the word, but you should not go looking to everybody else before you go and talk to your father. And that is what the prodigal son did. His father had to come looking for him. And that's what God is doing with us. He's coming looking for you. He's waiting. He's actually waiting. He's like, you're sitting there like, Jesus, Lord, why? Why you ain't do this for me yet, Jesus? And God's like, well, actually, I'm just waiting for you to kind of talk to me because I've been sitting here wanting to tell you that you're grace for this journey, wanting to tell you that I have blessings for you. And I just need you to open up your heart to me in this area. I just need you to fast in this area because the enemy is after you right now. And the enemy wants to keep these things from you. But I need you to learn how to develop a prayer life because when I move you into that blessing and you have to fight those battles, I need you to be ready. So right now I'm equipping you with a prayer life. Right now I'm equipping you with wisdom. I need you to read my word daily. I need you to get that word in your spirit and in your soul. Because as you move forward into that job I'm moving you into, when I move you to that new city, they're going to be people that you connect with and people that you have to speak life into. But if you're not filled up in your cup with the word of God, if you're not filled up in your cup with the things that I have given you permission to do, you're not going to be able to carry those out. So what I'm doing in this season is I'm transforming you. I'm preparing you. I'm launching you into something that you have never seen before, but you got to trust me. You got to know that I got it for you. You got to know that I am here for you. But that only comes when we spend time with the father when we run to the father first so god's not saying that i expect you to be superhuman i don't i don't expect you to ever be discontent we are human you are going to go through a season of discontent so don't deny that there's a season of discontent in your life if there is we want to get to contentment but we cannot get to a place if we're not honest about where we are i say it all the time god can't bless who you pretend to be so if you are discontent with your job, if you are discontent with your marriage, or you are discontent with singleness, be honest with God about the fact that I'm discontent. Because once you reveal that to him, then he's going to show you that I have you. I got peace for you. I got joy for you. And I, it doesn't mean that right away you're going to get everything that you wanted. But he says, seek me. Seek me more than you seek my hands. Seek my face. Stay on your knees and talk to me because I have an amazing future for you. But if you still talk to all of the people out there who don't know me, who don't know my words, who don't know what I'm saying, you're going to become even more discontent. The prodigal son got more angry being out there because they told him they're in there having a party and they gave him no encouragement. And God is saying, you come to me as your comforter. I'm your comforter. I'm your peace. I'm your joy. 
but you have to go to God first. And the final thing that God wanted to tell me is if you're struggling with discontentment, you need to remember that you don't know how blessed you are. You don't know how blessed you are. I want to read the last verse in Luke 15. Luke 15 and 31 and 32. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. Luke 15 and 31, his father said to him, this is what he's saying to the son that I used to connect with before God had to tell me about my discontentment. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. And so what God wanted to reveal to me is, if you've been with me, then why don't you know that everything I have is yours? If you have stayed with me, you would know that everything that I have is yours. So what God wanted to reveal to me was that even though there was a prodigal son who physically left the house, the son that stayed, he may have physically been there in body, but his heart couldn't have been connected to his father because when our heart is connected to someone, we know them. And so that means that your heart still felt like you could do things on your own. Understand what I'm trying to say to you. That is what we do to God. We're physically doing things that God wants us to do. And to everybody else, it looks like we have stayed with God because we're in church every Sunday, because we're doing everything that God has told us to do. But our heart is away from God because we still don't realize his heart. We still don't realize the blessings that are in our life. If I don't know how blessed I am, that means I have removed my heart from God. And the Bible tells us, their lips speak my words, but their hearts are far away from me. Your hearts are far away from me. It says that man looks at the outside appearance, but God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart. So what it's saying right now is if you stayed with me, then you know everything that I have is yours. So if you don't know that, that means you didn't stay with me. And he physically, obviously stayed with him because he's physically there, but he didn't stay there in his heart. And it's because he believed that I could do it on my own. It's because he believed that I'm working and I don't really owe you anything. I don't really, I'm not really grateful for what you're giving to me. I don't really understand your love for me because if I understood that you love me, I would know that I would know that everything that I have is because of you and I would know that everything you have is also mine. But I don't know that because of the fact that I did not really have my heart with you. And that's what the Holy Spirit was trying to say to me that your heart wasn't with me for so long, Corel, and that's why you don't understand or can't see the blessings that I have in your life. And one of the things that God related it to is I told a story before in one of my lives of how I really wanted to swim and I would always jump in the water and I had these floaties. And so these floaties would keep me up. And so after a while, I'm like, I don't need these floaties. These floaties for babies. I'm going to throw off these floaties. Like, I don't need these floaties. I could jump in the deep without these floaties because I'm a swimmer, because I got it like that, because I'm independent. I would take off those floaties and I would drop, like drown to the bottom. I had to get saved twice. I was like, oh my gosh. And even when I was learning how to ride a bike, I was like, take these training wheels off. These training wheels are for babies. I didn't know I could ride this bike. The training wheels come off and I'm falling down and scraping up my knee. And God is saying, I am the floaties. I am the training wheels. 
and we can't do life without the floaties. I know it doesn't always look cool. I know it doesn't always look like you winning with those training wheels, but God is saying, I got you. I'm holding you up. I am holding you up. I am those floaties. I'm holding you up. And no, you cannot do life without me. And that's what a prodigal son thought he could do. He thought I could do life without my father. I'm physically here, but you didn't do any of this for me. Because if we realize that every breath we take, everything that we have is because of you, then I have no ownership of it. That's not mine to give anyway. If you want to give him a robe, if you want to give him a ring, then give it. Because I know that everything I have, you gave to me. I know the only reason that I am flossing, the only reason I'm blessed, the only reason I'm growing is because I have a relationship with Jesus. So why are we getting upset when someone else gets married and I didn't get married and some little girl got a child and I didn't get a child as a blessing and someone got a job opportunity and someone got a promotion and someone moved to a new city? Why am I upset? It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God and it's his to give. But it's because we don't think God gave us anything. We got so high and mighty that we don't even see the blessings that are in our life. Our physical body, our attributes, the physical things that we do, the works that we do, they look and appear to everybody else that we're with God. But I'm telling you right now, if you are discontent, it's because your heart is far away from God. That does not make you a bad person. I just need you to recognize if you're discontent about anything in your life, you need to go back to the third point and run to the father. Run to the father. Run to the Father. Talk to God about it. Don't talk to anybody else. Talk to God about it. Because that means your heart is far away from him. And that's what God had to tell me. The reason you had transactional love with me is because your heart was far away from me. When my heart is close to God, I understand that God's timing is awesome. I understand that there's a purpose for this desire. I have a desire to one day be married and I'm submitting that desire to God. He's going to control the narrative. If I try to put my hand in it, well, let me, let me talk to him, Jesus. Let me, you know, no, wait for me. If I try to do it, I'm going to mess the whole thing up. I'm going to mess the whole thing up. God's like, wait on me. Be of good courage. Know that my timing is perfect. Know that my purpose is, is perfect for you. And so that's what I want to remind you of today. If you're struggling with discontentment, the reason you struggle with discontentment is because you missed the point of having a relationship with God. We're on earth to bring others to Christ. And as long as we're doing that, it's great. We need to focus on God's grace, not on our works. Focus on his grace. He's given you grace. You're not better than anybody. And if you feel discontent, like somebody's getting something that you don't have, then pride is seeping in your heart. And you need to do to point number three, which is run to God, not to anybody else who's going to distract you. Run to God and tell him about it. And the fourth final point is you have to realize how blessed you are, how blessed you are. And the reason we don't realize how blessed we are is because our hearts are far away from God. It doesn't make sense to physically be the son that stayed and your heart is not with God. Because as he said, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. And so if you always stayed with God and if your heart is currently with God, you would know that God has blessings for you. It may not be in your timing. It may not come the way that you see it coming. But know that God has blessings for you. And so when you realize that God has a blessed life for you and you stay obedient and you just run to him and you vent, you vent when you feel that discontentment. I'm not going to say that you're never going to be discontent again. But when you feel that discontentment, run to him. Evaluate your life. Is this about works or am I recognizing his grace? Am I missing the point, the purpose of me being on earth? Does he have my heart? Ask yourself those questions. Because if you're struggling with discontentment, 
you're going to die in the wilderness and you're going to miss the blessings and the opportunities God has for you because those come when you're content in your purpose and who Christ has called you to be. Thank you for listening to the Royal Access Podcast. Be sure to learn more about how to connect with us in the show notes below. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. We would also love for you to consider leaving a rating or review. Until next time, I'm Corel Pinder, your truth-telling accountability partner.